If there was a missing piece of information that is costing you money now or could cost you money in the future, when would you want to find out about it? Ideally, you would want to learn about it right now. It's best to learn these critical facts before you make any financial decisions because not knowing could have profound effects on your financial future. One of the best ways to make money is to avoid losing it in the first place. So we focus on all the missing facts to keep your money from falling through the cracks and we engineer tax strategies to reduce burdens on your income. Welcome to the Roadmap to Retirement podcast with Ken New from Pinnacle Financial Wealth Management. As a fiduciary advisor, Ken focuses on creating individualized holistic plans rather than cookie cutter portfolios. Listen in as Ken and his guest experts explore key retirement and tax strategies that every pre-retiree should consider to reach their pinnacle. Now, onto the show. Welcome to part two of our discussion of risk tolerance. I'm Patrice Sakora with your host, Ken New. Ken, there is so much to consider when assessing someone's appetite for risk that we needed a second episode to cover it all. So why don't you give us an overview of what we covered last time? Well, we did uh, a, a great introduction, I think, to the whole idea of risk. And I, I think one of the themes that was important was to recognize that in dealing with risk, it's really a requirement, I think, that we as advisors communicate thoroughly with our, our clients, our prospects, so that we have a good understanding of what is appropriate in terms of risk. Most of the time, we kind of tunnel vision risk into, well, if the market goes up or the market goes down, that's risk. And that's a portion of what risk is. Uh, but we begin then to kind of dive into it a little bit more by talking about what are the investment goals and what are the time horizons and risk capacity. And we got into kind of a, a technical way to begin to talk to some someone around the whole idea of risk and uh, the different levels of risk. All right. Yeah, we talked about the conservative, the moderate, the aggressive strategies, talked about time horizons. It's an episode that everyone should listen to. It is very insightful, lots of good information. So now we're going to take it to the next step. Where are we going here? Yeah, so these questions uh, really help a financial advisor understand their client's financial goals, uh, what their risk preferences are, and overall what their financial situation is. So there is a lot to consider. And so we've been doing this for a long time now. And of course, when we begin to elaborate a bit more on, on risk and risk management, we really need to take a dive into the objectives, the investment objectives. They're really critical, what the time horizon is, and recognize the difference between a younger person and someone who's nearing retirement or in retirement, uh, especially those that aren't earning salaries any longer, they may be more conservative than someone who has a longer time horizon. They're younger and they've got their earning years all in front of them. Ken, why don't you just give me a comparison of what younger investors are looking for, their goals versus your older clients? Yeah, absolutely. It's important to recognize that Retirement strategies should consider really what's unique about different age groups generally. And so it's important really to kind of balance and diversify their portfolios to mitigate risk. 
the goals of younger investors and older investors that are nearing retirement or in retirement differ. And generally, they vary based on life stages and sometimes financial circumstances. So the typical younger investor is going to be someone who has more capital growth in mind. Mm -hmm. They've got a longer time horizon. And, and what that means is, is that they just have a longer period of time before they have to have access to their investments. Their primary goal is to grow their capital and they have the time to do that. So here we can offer really a, a higher growth potential. They also have wealth accumulation as a primary objective. Their objective is to build a sizable investment portfolio. Now, they may also need to do things such as buying homes or starting mm -hmm. a family. And, you know, again, they're, they, they want, though, to be secure in retirement. They do have typically a higher risk tolerance, meaning that they have more time to recover when the markets will fluctuate. It's important to recognize that markets go up and down and they will continue to do that. And so the younger person has the ability really to weather that uh, roller coaster, if you will. And so they're more willing to invest in riskier investments, typically riskier, meaning those uh, are equities or stocks. They're growth oriented investments and they are pursuing a higher rate of return with those. Now, that is in direct contact contrast with the older investors. Okay, Someone who's nearing retirement or in retirement really has, instead of capital growth as a primary objective, they're going to be more on the capital preservation. They're either nearing retirement or they've shifted their focus really to capital preservation because they need a stable income. They need to have the ability to have that income stream during retirement. Mm -hmm. And so income generation becomes another one of those elements that's important to older investors. Again, they're looking for a reliable income. That's crucial to them. They want to prioritize their investments and provide regular cash flow. You can get that typically by using bonds or dividend-paying stocks or rental properties is a good way as well to help cover these living expenses. They're going to have a lower risk tolerance typically. They have less time to recover if the market's turned down. So they will inherently prefer more conservative investments, again, such as a fixed security the stable dividend-paying stocks or fixed assets. And also, they're going to be more leaning towards the wealth distribution, uh, again, to manage their distributions to cover their expenses, but also legacy planning comes to mind for them. The idea that they may want to leave something behind for their heirs. So the, the important theme here is these are generalizations. Right. Um, every individual is going to have their own set of circumstances. And so, again, why it's so important for the investor, young or old, to be able to communicate with their advisor and tailor these whole investment strategies, align them with their goals and their own unique set of circumstances. 
And speaking of those goals, life changes. You can have some major upheavals, good or bad, in your life. And of course, as you mentioned, the markets fluctuate. Do you see this in your practice? Oh, absolutely. Constantly. <laughs> life happens, right? right? Right. And so that's absolutely a portion of it. It's it's one of those where we begin to say to ourselves, we don't just set it and forget it kind of thing. It is really a work in motion. It's uh, an ongoing living, breathing strategy. And what's important is to help someone to maintain and align with their risk tolerance. So over time, the markets will move. In other words, you'll have certain assets that may appreciate differently than other assets. And, um, and so what happens then is, is there's a deviation that can happen. And that deviation to the asset allocations that were set in place may start to drift or may start to get out of alignment with what the uh, investor is trying to accomplish. So and this, this is a natural occurrence, right? It, it, it happens really daily, uh, yeah. starts to show up more on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. And, and that's why the regular review process is so important. Uh, so we recommend that we talk to our clients on a quarterly basis or some on a semi-annual basis, but really for all to make sure that there's at least annual check-ins to see how mm -hmm. things are going, to see if the risk level is shifted, if there's some rebalancing that's necessary uh, to be able to bring that portfolio back to where it typically uh, would align to to provide the comfort and the, and the mm -hmm. goals that are appropriate for the client. Now, going on, though, that's just this whole idea of aligning with the risk tolerance. The, the terminology concentration risk occurs when a portfolio becomes heavily weighted in a particular asset class or a sector or an individual investment. And so what we're talking about here is, is that, and very often we'll see it in some of the initial phases of talking to someone about their investment profile, especially new retirees. They may have a over-concentration in company stock, maybe through an ESOP plan or right. uh, yeah. something of that nature. And so inherently they've inherited this investment strategy because they've worked for the company for many, many years. And now we find that they've got a, a large allocation there. So that's one to recognize that maybe we should uh, take a look at that or that can happen as time moves along as well. Uh, so again, by reviewing and balancing that portfolio, we can identify this concentration risk and help to diversify and spread the risk across different asset classes and investments. Right, so those are a couple of key pieces. Moving on then, we'll talk about adjusting for the stuff that just happens called market <laughs> conditions. And so we can call it political stuff. It could We could call it things like COVID-19. That's very profound, of course, uh, that affected our market. But just the whole idea that there may be uh, recessionary issues or or other kinds of examples that can help us to recognize that maybe there need to be some changes 
or there may be some performance issues. Uh, certain sectors may perform better or not as well as we'd originally anticipated. And if that's the case, then we go through a rebalancing process with that as well. And of course, the basic economic uncertainty. And there's plenty of that out there for sure. Right, right, definitely. Now, do you, do you do this though? You said at least on an annual basis, when things start to get a little funky, like with COVID, how often are you in touch with your advice, uh, your clients? Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question, and 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 that's a relative one to what's going on in our real world. And and again, it is not a set it and forget it kind of thing. When something major happens, whether it be economically or a major event, like you've mentioned, the COVID nineteen was an event where we really needed to be in contact with every one of our clients in a very short period of time. And so, therefore, the communication is very direct and very quick. Over time, what can happen is, is that we begin to mitigate that and then find ourselves in a place to where we are getting a good understanding of what it is that and whether or not we're meeting the goals of the client, mm -hmm. depending on the assets and so on. So, again, different clients are going to have different needs. But for the most part, a life-changing event, such as an economic event, can be viewed uh, differently, but very similar to a, a life event that affects the client and not the least of which is losing a spouse or having another kind of uh, family event, uh, dramatic things like divorces, of course, or again, if, you, if a spouse passes or if uh, there are other family circumstances. So these are times when we need to um, gather back together and have that conversation about how that strategy holds up under those circumstances. Excuse me. Yes, you. Thanks so much for listening to Roadmap to Retirement. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.pinnaclefinancialwealthmgmt.com and all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. All right. Now you had another reason to uh, rebalance a portfolio here or review it. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that anytime we design a portfolio, we're really looking to optimize this risk return kind of thing. And so what that means is, is how much risk are we taking for the kinds of returns that we're looking for? And, and that's part of that whole regular process. And so by rebalancing, an advisor really can make adjustments to enhance that. And depending on the objectives of our clients, that might be lowering the tolerance of the client for the expected return. Give you an example. If, if a client's plan works at a certain rate of return, say six or 7%, um, and we can lower the risk to provide that return, then that's something that we would have a conversation with the client about. Conversely, if the conditions have changed and now that objective six or 7% annualized return now requires a, a higher risk, then we want to have that conversation as mm -hmm. well and help them to understand where we are in this, this trade-off, this risk return uh, trade-off, and can we optimize it and what is the optimal for a client. The final thing I would talk about is really the long-term nature of a portfolio. And again, regular reviews and rebalancing 
really contribute to this whole long-term health of a portfolio. It can prevent that portfolio from becoming stagnant or drifting away from the client's goal, the original objective. And so by addressing those risk factors and maintaining the disciplined approach, advisors, I think, can increase the likelihood of achieving the client's desired outcomes and at the same time, safeguarding their financial well-being over time. So so it all comes down to, it seems to me, the key takeaway is you've got to know yourself. You have to know what your comfort level is with risk. Yeah, and that's something that needs to be communicated. <laughs> uh, it, it, and, and it's a conversational piece that I think is worth reviewing. A, a great example I gave in the first segment, and I, I think it's worth repeating here again, is this idea of risk tolerance very often from the financial services industry has portrayed been portrayed to clients as, well, if you're in this type of portfolio, it typically on average or however it's communicated would return, say, 22, 24%. And we look at that and go, wow, that's that's, that's really nice. Good. <laughs> uh, I would be very excited about that. <laughs> and uh, and so on. I mean, who wouldn't, right? And so uh, now the downside could be communicated at it could be down 12%. And, and, and if we continue to talk about investments like their uh, the upside potential return, downside potential risk, then very often we'll find in that communication that it's human nature to look at it and say, boy, I'd really like to get that double digit return uh, or that mid twenties return. And, and we look at it from that perspective, like if we had a million dollar portfolio just to use a nice round number there. And we're looking at imaging this idea that, you know, in a year it could be a million two. That's great. That would mm-hmm. be awesome. Uh, by the same token, a year from now, if we sit down and we look at the portfolio and it's 880,000 because it's down <laughs> 12%, that that's not a good day. And so, and both those could happen on any given year. And, uh, and we're in the midst of that. I mean, last year was not a great year and some portfolios were down. Now we're back up again this year. And so it's, it's interesting, but it's also worth continuing to make sure that we have that conversation with our clients and help them to understand what the expectations are and what some of the risks are and, um, and be able to balance that. Oh, that peace of mind, that peace of mind is what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Our clients are really looking for investments that really are typically aligned uh, with their risk tolerance. And that's something that we continually talk about. We continually converse with them about that and uh, and they help them to feel confident and really kind of feel comfortable and at ease with the portfolio. They understand their investments. They understand uh, how they're tailored to their comfort level and aligned with their financial goals. That whole peace of mind really can reduce their anxiety, if you will, about market volatility and when these unexpected events happen. And when you're properly managing risk, you can avoid the excessive risk or being too conservative, which actually can hurt your portfolio too. Absolutely. You bring up a great point. Um, very often, especially in higher inflationary times, and you know, we certainly have felt a lot of inflation uh, in this type of economy, 
But to be too conservative, to kind of give it some teeth, what that means is, is that we have money maybe in the uh, in the safe, or we've got it under the mattress, or we've got it in the bank making a couple percent. And we feel like, okay, well, I'm very, very safe with that. I'm very comfortable with that until we pull those dollars out of the safe or out from underneath the, the mattress and go to spend it and realize that it takes twice as much money as it did before, or a sizable amount more. So that kind of gives a little bit of, um, yeah, there's always going to be a need to have money that's easily accessible. And we give up a return for that. But the core part of the portfolio is designed to do a job. And that job is to grow and get a return that at least matches inflation and then some in order for it to be able to continue on down the path of creating ever increasing income and overcoming those ever challenging economic issues that are down the path we're on. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when we can say that the benefits, if we're going to wrap this up, the benefits that clients get from correctly identifying the risk tolerance, you mentioned peace of mind. You got the risk management. What else do we have? Targeted performance? Yeah. Yeah. And and again, this is the ability for the financial services industry to really accurately and identify those kinds of investment strategies that are appropriate for their client and and help that strategy to optimize their overall performance and just make sure that it's aligned really with the client's risk tolerance Mm -hmm. and continue to stay aligned with the risk tolerance, which is always coming back and taking a look at performance and rebalancing and helping the client to understand the ever changing nature of the financial world itself. Uh, We then go on to recognize how stable this asset is. What's the long-term stability of their overall investment and, and the investments that are designed really to align with their risk tolerance One of the things that we talk about with younger people is they have more of a a longer term vision, which Mm -hmm. also means they can take a bigger risk, which also means they can do things like, boy, maybe a portion of their money could be allocated to, as an example, a moonshot, meaning that uh, if that particular investment and equity were to outperform, then boy, that would be just, that would be that big return versus the idea of having the whole portfolio set up such that it's trying to get higher rates of return. Conversely, someone who has, is an older person who now may look at it with, I probably want to have more U.S. Treasuries, as an example, in Mm -hmm. my portfolio, they've got a higher rate of return now, and we've got the stability or at least the the idea that the federal government, our U.S. government, is the safest money on the planet. And if that's the case, then, boy, being able to get a a 4 or 5% rate of return with that kind of money is uh, not such a bad day at all. Not at all. But this, again, you go back to you've got to know yourself and you as the advisor have to know your client. Absolutely. And the best way to do that is to communicate with them on a regular basis, uh, make sure that we're making them aware of 
you know, this last example that I gave you a year ago didn't exist. Right. Um, and so to be able to help a client understand that this is an ever evolving scenario. And so just to give that uh, a little bit more perspective, interest rates are going up and it's causing some rifts in our economy that may be challenging. So what that means then is, is that for every challenge that it might propose, then there is a counter to that. And maybe we could take advantage of that. And I think the higher interest rates have created a couple of sectors that perform one being uh, fixed interest rates themselves, the other being for someone a little older in the insurance industry, higher interest rates mean that they can offer higher caps and higher guarantees. And so we can, you know, kind of realign some assets in that nature such that now the client has uh, what they were looking for before, but maybe with more guarantees and maybe a little bit more upside. So again, that really gets down to the, the whole personalized idea of having a communication with the client, making them aware of what the what, what's available out there because we understand the changing nature of their life. We understand the changing nature of what's going on in the financial world. And we're able to then mix and match that and help them to understand it. Thank you so much for that great insight, Ken. Lots of good information there too for listeners to ponder and to consider and really take to heart. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode? Yeah, absolutely. I I find myself always when I do an episode like this, thinking about my relationships with clients and some of the interactions that we've had. And I would just emphasize for anyone listening that asking those questions really is the important thing. I've been asked hard questions very often from clients that have helped me to understand at a deeper level, I think, what they're trying to accomplish, especially when it comes to their life goals and what they're trying to accomplish that are maybe beyond the idea that they're getting $3,000 a month from a portfolio or they're able to pass the money on to a beneficiary. Um, many times there's more to that and questions and communicating that to the advisor and taking a deeper dive. I really encourage that. I know in my practice, I've been doing this for 26 years. It's evolved over time, just like your retirement or your financial life will evolve over time. And when it does, ask those questions, take a deeper dive, make sure that you're covering all the things that are important about your financial life. And, uh, and then it's a rich relationship for both the investor, uh, retiree, and the advisor. So again, communication is the key. And speaking of communication, how can listeners reach you, Ken? I think the greatest thing to do is to go to our website because all these great podcasts are there. Um, they're housed there. There's great information about our firm, what we do. And so that's Pinnacle Financial Wealth, MGMT.com. Great resource there. Um, or give a call and talk to Jenny Giroux. She, We answer the phone. She can set a time. We can chat 321-454-3623. And listeners, follow this podcast to make sure you don't miss any episode of Roadmap to Retirement. Also, be sure to share with friends and colleagues. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Roadmap to Retirement podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at 
www.pinnaclefinancialwealthmgmt.com or give us a call at 321-454-3623. Securities offered through Center Street Securities, Inc., CSS, a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Center Street Securities Advisors, CSA, a SEC-registered investment advisor. Pinnacle Financial Wealth Management, CSS, and CSA are independent entities. Discussions are meant to be general in nature and may not be suitable for all investors. Please consult a tax professional regarding any tax implications.